Hey everybody, it's Tim. Welcome or welcome back to the LOH Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, I ask you to please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and our YouTube channel, where you can access all our message content. Most importantly, I hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in the faith journey. Enjoy. Is, is what you do when no one else is watching, is that important? What you do in the unseen, does that have an effect on what is seen? Yes. And your father, he, he goes along and he starts talking about hypocrites and everything and the people that do stuff on stage, which you start to read it and you're like, oh crap, uh, am I praying on stage? You know, whatever. Don't pray on stage. Your father... There's this importance with what you do in secret. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Let me tell you, and I'm not even talking about unfaithfulness. I'm talking about faithfulness. There's a lot of people in this church that are so faithful in the unseen. And God would like to remind you that He will reward all you have done in secret. Somebody say amen. amen. Come on, even when you didn't feel like it. Even when it was hard and you wanted to give up. That seeking, that pursuing, even when it didn't make sense. The Lord is one to tell you today, your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you even when the church doesn't even when others don't and your and your boss doesn't even when you don't see the fruit of your label or your labor i would like to tell you today that the father the father who sees what is done in secret church perhaps we have created too much of an emphasis on what is seen and not as much, not enough emphasis on what is unseen. I didn't ask you how leading worship was going. I asked you how you were leading your family from week to week on Monday. I, I, how, how's the preaching going or how's the shine kids going? Let me ask you this. How is your seeking the Lord when you wake up on Monday morning? And when Wednesday comes around, are you seeking the Lord or is your marriage falling apart? Your father who sees not what you've done with the microphone, not what you've done on the stage. Your father who sees what is done in secret, the faithfulness, the faithfulness, the faithfulness, the faithfulness, the faithfulness will reward you. That's the word. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I thank the Lord for the people in my life that have been so faithful behind the scenes that their only reward will be going to heaven and God saying, here is your crown for your faithfulness. When no one else saw it, come on. When no one else saw you waking up and getting the word, God saw it. The Lord saw your faithfulness. And that is all that matters. That's all that matters. 
And you're seeing the fruit, His presence, because of it. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's the verse of the day today on the YouVersion Bible app. So in verse 19 of chapter 6, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. For moss and rust destroy the things we see, where thieves can break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven that cannot be destroyed, that nobody can take from you. For where your treasure is, where your value is, the things that you hold of high value and high esteem, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is your treasure, church? Where is your treasure? Jesus, you are my joy and my crown. Jesus, you are my treasure. Come on, somebody. And Jesus, that's where my heart is located. Is in heavenly places with you. God, help us not to mix it up. Our treasures are not supposed to be found in the things of this world. So Jesus says in verse 24, as I mentioned last week, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other. Are you following? Say, I'm following. Say, I'm following. Y'all didn't catch it? I wasn't. Okay, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other. Or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. And then he adds this point. You cannot serve both God and money. Thanks, thank you, Lord, for having me not preach on money today. I just want to thank you for that. <laughs> Therefore, I tell you, when we're getting there, we're getting there. Someone say, we're getting there. Yeah. We're getting to what I want to talk to you about today, but I think it all matters. Do not, say do not, not. worry about your life. (laughs) Don't say this, okay? (laughs) What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. Have you stopped to look at the birds lately? Man. Do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet they do not, but their Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Mm. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Verse 30, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will He not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So, do not worry. Verse 32, for the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first... It would be much easier if he says, seek second his kingdom and his righteousness. But that's not what he says. I know know your brother is. I know the world is seeking other things. I know everybody else under the sun and the news and the TV, they're all seeking other things. But listen, we are called to be different. (coughs) 
And we are called to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Have you heard this scripture too much? Come on, I know you got it memorized. I know you probably have it on your mirror when you wake up and brush your teeth. Seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. All these things? Your heart's desires will be given how? When you set me at the right priority, at the right focus and right attention, which is first, everything else falls into place. Amen. Oh, do we believe it? I hope we do. And if we don't, I pray today that we do this thing we call in the church repentance and we repent and turn from our way and follow Him. Seek first His kingdom. God, I'm going to test you in this. Maybe just try that, right? God, I'm going to test you in this. I'm going to put the kingdom first for a month and see what happens. I'm not going to worry about those other things that, that it's so easy to catch my fixation. It's so easy to get me distracted and it entices me and pulls me in. That, that worry, that bitterness, that jealousy, that envy, all that, what I'm going to do is lay that aside and I'm going to seek first your kingdom, focus on you and your righteousness. How can I serve the kingdom? How can I serve the church? How can I serve my family? And lead them into the will of God. And then let's just see. Maybe I'll just take inventory in a month and see if everything that I've needed has come along the way. It will. <laughs> Someone say it will. it will. It will. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So I come in today, this second message. And I feel like I need to tell someone or remind you and encourage you, if it's not you, that to not go along with the world where God is, God is the supplement to everything or He's nothing. God's the supplement, the add-on, the, add, the, add the addition, right? Is God the supplement to your life or is He everything? Is He first? Or is he just a means to a way to get to something that you desire? Or is he nothing? Which the world a lot is, is nothing. Or is he everything? Is he first? Is he the, is he the best? Is he your, own, your only focus? You say, Dustin, that, that's impossible. Right? The older you get, the more things you acquire, the more focuses you have. But, but Jesus, Jesus says this, stand up and says, seek first the kingdom. Seek first. It's not just for a pastor or, or a worship leader or a, a director in a church. Seek first the kingdom and its righteousness and everything else will be... See, here's what I... Think, and it might just be an opinion, so if it is, just brush it off if you don't think it's of the Lord. But that there's an epidemic in our society of idolatry in our communities. 
a people that which have created an idol, a substitute of worship, replacing the one true God. God no longer has the place of supremacy in a, in a lot of lives, lives. And even in the church, if, if, if the message doesn't revolve around me and how God can help me be the supreme, then I'm not even going to listen to it because it's quote-unquote ir irrelevant. He is relevant. And we speak about Him, He's relevance. And that's, that's, He's the one that gives direction. And He's the Master. He's the Lord. And we go from there. We, we lead from there. Whether it be a person, there's idolatry even in the church where we idolize people, uh, a lifestyle, a want, a job, a hobby, a material thing, or this is the worst of all idols, is yourself. You just serve yourself. Whatever feels good, whatever you want to do, it's not His will, it's whatever your will is. It's uh, what Bruce Almighty, thine will be done. <laughs> Man, God protect my mind today. Uh, thy will be done. No, no. And believe it or not, as good as that sounds, you don't want your will. You can't see what he sees. You don't know what he knows. He says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are His ways and so are His thoughts higher than yours. And He says in Matthew 6 that we should ask His kingdom to come and His will to be done. And this should be our first pursuit. Colossians 1 and 18 says, He is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything, say everything, whatever you do, everything, He might have the supremacy. Lord, teach me how to give You supremacy in sports. Lord, teach me how to give You first place in my school. When I'm practicing band and musicianship, when I'm seeking my, for my business, Lord, teach me how to make You the head, how to serve You in everything that I do, even when we don't call it quote-unquote ministry. It is ministry, but Lord, teach me how to make You the head. Colossians 1 and 18 in the Christian standard said, He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning so that He might come to have first place in everything. Why do I even have to say that? Isn't that crazy? And maybe I'm just speaking to the podcast. That's, that's cool. Or YouTube, whoever's listening. That's not in this room. The serpent says, Did God really say... The serpent says even today, do you really have to submit? Do you really have to come under? Do you really have to be part of the church? God's holy bride that He set apart since the foundation. Do you really have to minister and use your gifts? Do you really have to put Him first? I don't know, you tell me. 
Or is he along for the ride? He's my co-pilot. The carpenter, what, what do the bumper stickers say? He's my co-pilot. He's along for the ride. He's not leading. He's not running the show. No, 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 no. He's along for the ride. And I'm going to come to church. I'm going to do my thing. Are you happy? Now you sit there, shotgun rider. You ain't taking the wheel. And we love it, but, but once, it, once it comes and starts offending us, once it starts stepping on our toes, and we start talking about the presence and the Holy Spirit, and we start thinking astronaut stuff and Elon Musk, and you're just like, this is crazy, I'm going to get out of here. But what if it's real? And what if God wants to interrupt your life and say there's more to this life than going along and waiting until you die and then realizing you missed it all the whole way. You missed it all the whole way. That is presence, that the Holy Spirit, that is freedom, that is spirit that he has to offer in your life. It's so much more. And Jesus, who knows everything, and he sounds so irrelevant today. Do not worry about your life. Son, seek first the kingdom. Son, seek first the kingdom. Son, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And everything you need will be added unto you. Everything you need. When it's put in the rightful place, son. When Jesus is first. Not your talent. Not your ability. Your sports. Not your paycheck. Come on, son. It's more than that. My presence wants to be in your life and your family. And I want to change generations to come because of what I do in my life. Are you going to be distracted and consumed with so many other things, so many petty things, so many temporary things? Or are you going to trust me, lay it aside, trust me, and watch me work in your life? Watch me work in your life. Nothing else matters. Man, and, and the, is that exaggerating? God, help me if it is. Interrupt me if it is. That nothing else matters. Like David said, one thing I ask of the Lord, this I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I may gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Is that the heart and the affection and the mindset and the focus of our church, of the church? One thing, Lord, not a million other things. Not to be in your presence and to desire presence, but also, God, for Christmas this year, my two front teeth. <laughs> That's all right. That is all right. Trust me, it's all right. I want you to have your front teeth. Does God really have to be first? I don't know. It's something for you to ask him. Oh, God, can we work this way? Can we sign a contract where you help me when I need it and you give me everything that I want and, um, and I will stand up here on the platform and I'll say, we give you glory, Lord. We give you glory. I just give him glory for that touchdown. I give him glory. I do. I had more touchdowns than you. Our team beat you so much. He answered my prayer, not yours. Thanks be to God. Now, I'm to whatever. I, I mean, it's sad because I'm making fun of myself. Um, 
But <laughs> if we have this power, the Holy Spirit, we have the ability. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Here's what I prayed on Thursday. I think it was Thursday. I said, Lord, thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. But listen, but listen. And thank you for the wisdom to know how to use it. Do you know what I mean? Because if we have this power, and then, and then he took me to sports, because the law, or let's just say I, my mind went to sports. I'll give him credit. God, you took me to sports, and I thought about some of the most gifted people that I've ever played with. Like, faster than me, stronger than me. I'm not even talking about me, but just like, which it's hard to be faster and stronger. <laughs> really hard. Back in my prime, it was really hard. No, but like, you're just like, holy, if you knew how gifted you were, oh my gosh, you would easily start over me. But have you, anyone, sports? You're like, you've seen people so gifted. But what? They don't pan out. They don't even play. We had one guy running back in high school that was like, could run circles, but he couldn't run the plays. Like, dude, it's a sweep to the right. Is it? Just run fast. And like, you're like, what in the world? But, but I, I, I was telling those people in the green room this. I, what if, bear with me, we stand before God at the end and he said, you're so gifted. Oh my gosh, you were, if only you knew how gifted you were. If only you knew the gift inside of you. And, and the angels look in on these things about the salvation and the grace and the empowerment of God. Oh. I, I, honestly, it's, like, it's so eye-opening to everyone else around that that athlete is so good. Everyone sees it but themselves. If only they were only they were able to hone it in and, and have the wisdom and the understanding to know how to use their speed and strength and quickness and size, everything that God's given them. Come on. Now we have the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead living inside of us. How much more could our lives come on? Come on. Oh, and your father is the king of all kings. So what are the implications of that for your life? How should you walk? How should you talk? How should you pray? How should you act? See, it's not about the words, but your heart posture. I am a son of the king. I am a daughter of the king. Come on. And that's the way I'm going to live and talk. Come on, Kip knows it. Do you? Kip knows it. Oh, I'm not going to wing it. <laughs> no, I need to. Uh... Okay, let's keep going. You getting something today? Yes. Amen. Amen. In Exodus chapter 20, boy, here we go. You're saying, Dustin, that's the chapter, that, that's the book of the Bible I skipped over this year. No, that, that's good compared to what comes next. 
<laughs> That's easy read compared to what's next. <laughs> um, this is right before you stop in your one-year Bible is Exodus 20. And then... <laughs> so there's this thing called the Ten Commandments, which we've heard of those things before. But here's what we know as a New Testament church is that we are not under the law but under grace. not under law under grace and so the Ten Commandments we throw out the window because they mean nothing is that true? do not murder do not lie do not steal do not covet your neighbors what, right? I'm kidding we don't do that right? don't do that we're not under law we're under grace what did Tim Scala say? The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The law brings death, but the Spirit brings life. Here's the thing. With the New Covenant, what God does in the New Covenant, He says in Hebrews, what I'm going to do is I'm going to write my laws on your heart. So you're going to know me. You're going to have the discernment and the Holy Spirit inside you. He's going to teach you so that whether, whether you want to justify it or not, the reality is you know where He's leading you. And he says, you won't have to say, from this person will know me, this person will know me. He says, from the least to the greatest, they'll know me. And then I'll remember my, your sins no more. But listen, one thing that he never said is that coveting is all right. And that murder is now all right. Stealing is now all right. And one thing that he also didn't say is having other gods before me is all right. That's the first. So in Exodus chapter 20, he says this in verse 2, I am the Lord your God, which is really cool because this goes right along with what we talked about last week in the Galatians first, Galatians chapter 5. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, okay, so here's the, here's the commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, Yahweh, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Yikes! Uh, if it's gray to you, just just don't don't let it trip you up. But just, just listen, or don't. But listen, <laughs> punishing the children for the sins of their parents to the third and fourth generation to those who hate me, despise me, turn. Now, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to judge this verse, to let the verse judge me, right? That's what we do to scripture, right? That's what we're supposed to do, right? We stand too much as judge over the scripture and the scripture needs to judge us. It's, it's, and without going into great detail on this, and I didn't even mean to stop there, I meant to read it really quick. Punishing the gender for the sinners of the third and fourth generation of the days of Amy. If it's showing love, and just do that part, but 
Let me ask you this, without going into great detail and, and try to exegete this, whatever. Have you seen this happen? No, don't argue. Don't argue with me. Have you seen it happen? The dad's an alcoholic, and then the son becomes an alcoholic, and then... I mean, has, is that the way kind of the world is? Person's a, a liar, and then it's passed down. And person's a deceiver, and the person's unfaithful. And okay, it's just the way that it it seems to work. What is she, what did Brooks sing though? The 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 name that breaks the curses off. Come on, at the cross of Jesus, He breaks every curse, every generational curse. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Now I want you to see the scale, third and fourth. And this is even the Old Covenant. But showing love. You think what you're doing matters, Mom? You think what you're doing matters, Dad? Showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me. I'll take it. I'll take that scale there. My father who sees what's done not on the platform, on the stage in secret will reward me. And he will take care of your family. He will take care of the generations to come. Showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. Then verse 22, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites this, You have seen for yourselves that I have spoken to you from heaven. Do not make any gods, not just before me. What's that word in verse 22? Along, or verse 23, Alongside me. No competition. Not even close. Make it so clear that nothing, God, you are first place, and there's none before you, and there's none beside you. Amen? Verse 24. At the end of verse 24, I want you to look at this. So he talks about making an altar and, and sacrifice on it unto me, okay, after I give this word. Then he says, wherever I cause my name, wherever I cause my name to be honored, I will come to you and bless you. Amen. <laughs> Come on! Wherever I cause my name to be positioned rightly, I will come to you and bless you. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. 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 The name of Jesus over any person, even in the church. Jesus. 
Jesus, you are the focus of my family. You are the hope of my family, the hope of my marriage, the hope of my life. Jesus is the living hope. Not a, not a person. And see, this is even a thing that I have here that like we have a susceptibility and a vulnerability to do, even in the church, is make people our idols. And our hope is, you know that? Do you know we naturally kind of do that? Um, and, and you see it like even during like COVID and different things when there were, so, so people make other people their idols and then when they don't pan out and be their savior that they desire them to be, they'll go somewhere else or they'll leave or they'll, they'll leave the faith and quote unquote faith. But what they're really doing is serving a different idol. They're moving in a different direction. And the, do you know the Israelites did this with Moses? As I was thinking about this, I was like, wow, like when, and I have this in Exodus 32. Like, do you remember when Moses, okay, Moses leads him out of Egypt and then he goes up and God gives him the Ten Commandments. He's on Sinai. He's like on Sinai for a long time. And then they're like, well, where is Moses, right? Not like, where's Yahweh? Where's God? Where's Where's Moses? As for this fellow Moses, you know the story. Where is he? He's our idol. He's the one we're serving. Moses is the guy. And so they turn because he's not there. He's not doing what they plan him to do. And they turn and then they do what? They make an idol. Make a golden calf. Why? Because their hope was not in Yahweh. Moses was the exodus maker. Moses was the guy that set him free. Do you know churches do that with pastors and stuff? And it's unfair to pastors just because they're a vessel. And they say, well, then the pastor doesn't turn out the way. It, it must not be. No, you made the pastor your idol. And he can't be your idol. God is the one that you serve. Yeah. Amen. Yo, Y'all following with me? And we do that, and, and we do that. I love Stephen Furtick to death. Okay, we all got quiet. I don't know. But like, <laughs> we do that with like, there's worship leaders and different things. Okay, let me tell you, if they went astray, how would you change? Now, I believe in honoring. I believe in appreciate, 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 appreciate. And then after you appreciate, double it. I believe that for those who minister the gospel and, and do awesome songs for the church and everything. But listen to me, when your hope becomes in a person, when your hope becomes in defending people and stuff like that, it, it can easily get off. And you start serving people in churches rather than the one true God. Man, was I not supposed to say that? I don't know. I'm trying to help you out. Because Jesus in John 2 says he did not entrust himself to people because he knew what was in people. They wanted to make him king. They wanted to put him on the throne. He said, I, I'm not going I to. I know what's in people. And these people, the, Egypt, the Israelites, had a misdirected focus. As for this, Moses. You see, an idol is just something that gets our attention or focus or dedication that is above or in place of God Himself. 
an order of priorities that does not have God as head or first. It's easy to do, and it's our susceptibility in our natural bent, to replace God with something or someone. See, they've made someone their idol, and when it doesn't pan out, they go somewhere or do something else. It's idolatry. You aren't serving the one true God. You're serving a person. And believe it or not, it can be a hindrance to the work of the Spirit because it's contrary to Him. It was one of the works of the flesh that we read last week. It's mixed up and out of order, not working properly. And I didn't say all that to say, stop listening to Stephen Furtick or Louis Giglio or Brandon Lake. Or... I didn't. I didn't. And they would say the same thing. I'm sure of it. That you can't... You're not serving a person. Does that, does that make sense? Because if in the end times there is going to be a great fall, falling away, our hope is on the unchanging, finished work of Jesus. No matter what anybody else does, no matter where anybody else goes, I'm following you. That's why it's important to open your word. And read it. The Bible that God's placed at your house collecting dust, that's, in, that's important for you to ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. Help me to know. Help me to test the spirits. Help me to discern. I have, this is what you should say. I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. He's teaching me. He's leading me. God, where should I go? We, our hearts should be like Moses. Moses said to the Lord in Exodus 33, You've been telling me to lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name. You have found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways. The Lord says in verse 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Who will go with us? My presence will go with you. My presence will go with you. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Okay, down at the bottom, verse 16. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? What else? But your presence. The presence of the Lord upon your life is the distinguishing factor. Mm, amen? Amen. Let's all, let's all, uh, let's see. Let's stand. And the band can come. I'm just trying to figure out how we want to end this. Um, I ah. Is the Lord speaking to you today? Amen. 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 Man, same thing as last week. More than three pages left. Um, and... Y'all good? We got. We, do we have a couple moments? Yeah. 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 Didn't hear this side. Uh, the, you know. <laughs> I'm so thankful for you guys. You know, it's something to like come to a place and like actually sit and like listen for somebody for a while. That's like says a lot. I, I guess I applaud you for that. And I know you're coming for more than that. You believe the Lord wants to speak to you. 
I just am just so thankful, so thankful for this church. But I, my gosh, I want to see the fulfillment of all God's desires for the church. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not, not what I desire or, or, or Pastor Tim, and that's great, and we hope it, it lines up with what God desires. But like, God, if there be any, any place of hindrance Remove it. Like, because you say that I have that spirit inside of me. And so I'm talking about idolatry, and you might, man, where is this coming from? I haven't heard a message on idolatry in years and years. But talking about his presence, I just, man, it was just glaring to me. It was like, Alert, alert, warning, warning. We're trying to live with idols and His presence and they don't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. There's this story in 1 Samuel chapter 5 where the Philistines, the enemies, have you ever heard it? Get the Ark of the Covenant, which we talked about, is representative of the manifest presence of God. And this is in your version Bible notes, so uh, I'm not going to go there, but I'm going to just tell you the story. They, they take the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, to the temple of one of their idols, Dagon. You heard the story? And they take it there. We got the Ark of the Covenant. This is where God supposedly sits in throne. So they come day one. Wake up next day, and the idol has fallen on its face before the ark. Cool, right? So, they lift it back up. They took Dagon and put him back in his place. Verse 4. But the following morning when they rose, there was Dagon fallen on his face on the ground before the ark of the Lord. His head and his hands had been broken off and were lying on the threshold. Only his body remained. Verse 6, the Lord's hand was heavy on the people of Ashdod in its vicinity. He brought devastation on them and afflicted them with, there you go, Tim Scholes, tumors. Some. <coughs> the ark of God of Israel must not stay here with us because his hand is heavy on us. So they called together all the rulers of the Philistines and asked them, What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? They answered, Have the ark of God moved. We don't want it. We don't want it. Because the ark messes with your idols. And you have to choose. Have you ever tried to have the presence of God and the Spirit of God in your family, in your home, and things don't work out, and you start getting mad, and you start getting angry, and things start creating tension, and you're like, I don't want the presence of God. Well, you want to live with your idols. And oftentimes, that's what the presence of God does when He comes into your mix. He messes things when he comes into your life, he'll often ruin you and, and shake you. And, but, but it's all for your good and for your benefit because he wants to build you up. He does. He ultimately does. And he's, he's for you and he's with you. But I ask you the question today. I mean, do you want to live with your idols like the Philistines so you'll push the presence of God away? 
Or will you open up like David and his men did and, and dance and celebrate with all their might when they accepted the, the covenant, the new Ark of the Covenant back? I, I got I to gotta read this. I got to read this. David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord with castanets, harps, lyres, timbrels, cisterns, and cistrums and cymbals. The ark of God, which is called by the name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim on the ark. Gosh, 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 gosh. I wanted to get to this point. I got to get to this point. Okay, so what happens? We're at, we're at 50 minutes. Sorry. I apologize. Uh, it's Pastor Tim's fault. No. <laughs> we love you, Pastor Tim. Um, no, you know, we, we did this golf thing, Gary, my dad, and Pastor Tim, and I said, winner gets to preach on Sunday. So we say who, who won. <laughs> no, that was a joke. Just kidding. Gosh, Lord. David gives the Ark of the Covenant to this guy named Obed-Edom. And this is where I'm going to end. I know, nuts. Kind of. Uh, God, stop time. Stop time. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. So they came to this place and this guy did this irreverent act and God struck him down dead because he tried to hold on to the ark and he controlled it. And so David became afraid of the ark. David went from dancing and rejoicing to this thing that happened that he didn't understand. And he became afraid. And so in verse 10 of 2 Samuel chapter 6, David was not willing to take the ark of the Lord because he was afraid. Ah, gosh. Now you're speaking to people. Do your work, Lord. Do your work. Not my work. Do your work. So what he did was give it to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months. And the Lord... Can we get there? The Lord... No, that was there. You were there. Sorry. I should shut my mouth. For three months. And the Lord blessed him and his entire household. Why? Because the presence of the Lord was in the house. Verse 12, now King David was told, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. Again, the manifest presence of God. So David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed. I want it back. And he brought it with rejoicing. Verse 14, wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of God with shouts and the sound of trumpets. You see where the presence of God is and where we honor God. God cannot help himself. He must bless. He cannot... Dev, it's like you and Emmy. He can't... I thought about this one. He can't resist. Come on, you have a kid... Like that, not, there's no favorites, there's no favorites, but I, Dakota, I can't resist. And God, when you're in His presence, and 
intimacy with him he cannot resist. He must bless you. So the Lord said to Moses, speak this to the kids, to the children of Israel, and say to the Lord, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace so that they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. Let's bring the lights down. Let's minister. Let's let the Holy Spirit. Uh, can you lift your hands for me? Can you lift your hands? There will be a great resistance. There is right now. There is a great resistance. But I know in this room the openness and receptivity that every person in this room has. So I just want us to make a declaration before the, before the Lord God Almighty and a declaration to the enemy. God, you have everything. God, you are first. Lord, take your rightful place. And you know what's so amazing? The Lord is embracing you. He's lavishing his love upon you. He's not mad. He actually, he can't help himself. He wants to bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. We say hallelujah. Come on, would you say hallelujah? So before they sing this song, let's just take a moment. Take a moment and respond to the Lord. Let's listen to the Lord. Come on, don't, don't resist today. Don't push back. God, as, as David wrote in Psalm 139, that, that you would search me and, and try me. Maybe you weren't following along with the idols, but you know that there's something there's something God's saying to you in this. God, search me. Try me. Open me. Lead me in the way that's everlasting. I want to walk by your spirit. I want to usher in your presence. I want your presence to be upon my life. I want people, when they see me, to see you. God, upon my family. Love. God, blessing for a thousand generations to you be the glory. God, yes. We say yes. We say yes. So we thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We thank you that now that I stop, God, you start and you can do a, do a work and change us. Hallelujah. So give us, Lord. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, now give us wisdom how to move forward. Bless every person, Lord. Bless every person, Lord. Bless every person, Lord. Bless every person, Lord. May they know your spirit and your heart. Hallelujah. May they know your presence in your heart, Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.